Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. Tonight, week one, I'm so excited because we are starting off this book, What Will Set You Free by Cynthia James. And from pain to passion in seven weeks, one of the things that I think is really inspiring about Cynthia James is she actually went through a lot of pain and she has a a very easy process, step-by-step process on setting yourself free from pain. And this week we are focusing on the story. And I don't know about you, but I'm interested in being free of any kind of oppression or restraints, either self-imposed or or what I might believe that society is imposing on me. I want to enjoy a life of liberty. And one thing that I know, and that Cynthia James says in this this book, is that our stories have power. They have power in our lives. And I wonder what your story says. Cynthia James has a story in this book at the very beginning. And she talks about in the very first few years of her life, were not so good. Her mom struggled to make ends meet. Uh, Her mom came from the culture of having, of of women having to marry in order to be something. Like marriage was the end all and be all. And that was Cynthia's mother. And unfortunately, um, her mom and her dad did not get along very well. And so her uh, mom divorced her dad and she ended up living with her mom. And her mom was uh, very, she felt stuck. She felt stagnant. She felt not like things were going well in her life. And she ended up marrying another man that ended up being Cynthia's stepdad. Now in the, in the story, Cynthia talks about how he was, he was violent and abusive towards her mom. And it was a really hard time. And she didn't remember a lot of things during that time period, during her stepdad's, whenever her mom lived with her stepdad, she just didn't remember that. Um, But she did remember that her stepdad, she came into her room and her stepdad was beating her mom. And her mom told her to go back to her, to her bedroom. And she was filled with rage and really upset. Uh, And then she talks about her early life and much of her life was uh, in their early adulthood life was drinking, uh, smoking, smoking weed, doing, sleeping around. And she said she went from relationship to relationship to relationship. And she ended up being with men who were unavailable or abusive. And during this time period, she found this teaching. She found Center for Spiritual Living. And she started realizing that she's playing a role. She's having a part to play in her own life story. And she wanted to have a different story. She wanted to have a different life. And so she started doing a lot. She learned how to pray. She learned how to do spiritual practices. And she slowly began to uncover and embrace her own power for who she is. And part of this time period, she ended up going to a therapist. And when she went through the therapist, 
she ended up discovering memories about her stepdad that um, she had subconsciously uh, implanted in her head so she couldn't remember them. So she basically started remembering violence and abuse that had happened to her that, that she, didn't even, she didn't even know about because she had pushed it so far down into her subconscious mind. And as she started doing her spiritual practices and doing her therapy, she started processing all of those emotions and everything that she had stuck inside her body and she had resisted processing, she started going through all that. And the beautiful thing about this story is she recognized that she, for a very long time, was stuck in a place of letting the story define who she is. And now she's in a place of passion and freedom. And she was able to, to transmute her pain into passion for her life. Now, if you've ever met Cynthia James, she is a, a glowing light in this world. And she is a self-care advocate. Very few of our ministers are really, really good at self-care. But this woman has it down. So that's why I wanted to, to talk about this book and talk about what what happened to Cynthia? Because I know, I I know her, and I I'm inspired by her, and I know that what she has gone through, that we can transform our lives in a similar way. So my question to you is: How many times have you told your story, the story of your painful childhood, or the story of the people who have abandoned you, or the story of how bad luck permeates every area of your life? or the story of how you're a failure, or the story of how your dreams will never materialize, or maybe the story of how you're not creative. A lot of these stories are stories that I've heard people say. And I wonder if you're willing to let go of your story and maybe experience a new idea of possibility for your life. Now, maybe, there's parts of your story, if you don't like it, that's even boring you. Like you keep saying it and you're like, God, I'm really just done with this story. <laughs> I really just want to, I just want to have something different. I just want to move on. Well, this evening, we're going to focus on how to move on. So the first thing to do is become aware of and observe your story. Hundreds of research studies prove the life-changing magic of a positive story. So are you gonna get that promotion? Is your marriage gonna make it through that rough patch? Is your company going to hit its projections this year? Interestingly enough, the single biggest predictor for all these events is not the actual facts of the situation, but the story you tell about it. If you tell the story, that you're gonna get the promotion, you're more likely to get the promotion. If you talk about your marriage as if it's gonna get through the rough patch, your marriage will make it through the rough patch. If you decide and know that you're going to make it through your projections this year, it's gonna happen. So it's really interesting. There's, there's a study that I 
that I read in one in an article, I was doing a little bit of research for this. And in this article, it said that people who had a positive view of aging in midlife actually aged an average of 7.6 years longer than those who had a negative view of aging. So in other words, if you think getting older is going to be amazing, you're probably going to live 7.6 years longer than the people who say getting old really sucks. (laughs) So I thought that was a really interesting fact. So just think about that. As you're observing your story, you know, maybe you're one, maybe you're a person who's, who's been talking about old age like that. Think about it. Just observe, what are you saying to other people? Observe the times you wanna communicate the dramas in your life. One thing that I love, I'm, I'm reading this book, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And in the book, he talks about the placebo effect and how, and he's a scientist, um, but how in the placebo effect, what happens is usually when they do studies, they, they study a medicine against a group of people who are in the placebo group, because in the placebo group, there is always people who get better because of the placebo. And the interesting thing is why do, I mean, this is one of the most magical things that we really can can look at. People get better because of the placebo because they believe they will get better. And so our, our beliefs can, can seriously affect what happens in our body. Even if we're getting a sugar pill and we're being told we're getting medication, it can actually affect our body. So that's the placebo effect. They, they, have, uh, they had a study that came out about um, the surgeon. So the surgeon wanted to study whether or not one way that he did surgery on the knee was better than another way. So he did, he decided to do, break it up into three groups. So he had the people who got one kind of knee surgery, the people who got the other kind of knee surgery. And then of course the other group that didn't actually get surgery, but he told them that they got surgery. So he actually did the incisions in the knee to the people who, who got the knee surgery or to, to the people who did not get the knee surgery. So he did the incision. So they actually had to like, they, they saw the scars, they were put out. They totally thought, okay, I got the surgery. He, he put them through the same uh, recovery process, all three groups. And the surgeon was shocked because the group that didn't actually get the surgery did just as well as the other two groups that did get the surgery. I mean, it was shocking to him. He thought, oh my God, like (laughs) these people got better just because they thought I I did surgery. It was as successful as the people who got the surgery. So it's really interesting that we, that our thoughts and our beliefs about things affect our reality. And so your story that you're telling is affecting what's happening in your life. So again, the first thing to do is to observe your story, become aware and observe your story that you're saying. The second thing is that you desire to change the story. You have to have a desire to change your story. Dr. Carol Dweck wrote, small shifts in mindset 
can trigger a cascade of changes so profound that they test the limits of what seems possible. So what I encourage you to do as part of this process is after you've decided to change, is to really think about the challenges that you've had in your life and, and think about the, the, so you want to change your story, right? You have different challenges happening in your life. Think about what were the opportunities for learning about yourself from that challenge? Or what did you, what did you, what benefits could you have possibly gotten? Now, I know that there are terrible stories out there. There's, there's loss, there's rape, there's abuse, and it takes a huge stretch, I will say, to think about how in the world that could change. How could that narrative change? But what you can do is you can kind of just do a little, a little turn on what you're, when, what you're thinking. For instance, um, let's say you're telling yourself a story and the story you're telling yourself is I've, too, I've made too many mistakes to start succeeding now. You can change that to, I've made mistakes that have taught me lessons that I can use to continue to try until I make it. Or you can think about, like, let's say this is your story. You might say, I was born at a, as a, at a disadvantage and I can't make an impact. You can switch that, just turn it a little bit and say, I was born disadvantaged, but I use those challenges to become stronger and make a positive impact on others. So do you see the difference in those stories? It's the same thing. The next one, try this. Your story might say, oh, I wasted my youth. I'm too old now to make a difference. Now, that might be your story. Instead, try this on. I wasted my youth. I learned from it. And now I can become the best self I can as a result of my youth. And I can utilize the time I have left to become this best self. So just really recognizing that you can kind of shift your perspective on the story that you're telling. It might take take some work. You might need to work with somebody, maybe a therapist or a practitioner or a minister or, you know, your creative buddy that you have, somebody who you know can, can, can help shift your story. But I encourage you to think about it and to know this next point. This is really an important key point, that this whole thing that's happening in your life is all part of the plot. This is all part of the plot of your life. So don't deny your suffering, your setbacks, but recognize and know that your setbacks and your suffering will pass. You don't need to tell yourself a story about how easy things are. You can just tell yourself the story that this is all part of the plot. Because every great success story in history, every single brilliant story in literature, has one quality that they all share. 
And that is whether or not the character decides against all odds, everything that's happening, they decide whether or not to keep going. And they do. So you can choose to have that story, have it be part of the plot, have it be, you know, like, oh, the plot thickens, they lost their job. What is going to happen next? <laughs> you know, like what is the next part in your story? It's really interesting because if, if instead of, again, denying what's happening in your life, you're really accepting as part of, this is part of the process. This is part of the plot. And there's a lot of research on this. For instance, teaching low performing junior high school students about growth mindset, which is we're bad at everything until we're good at it actually helps improve their math scores. Or giving new college students a pep talk before classes start, letting them know that struggling their first year is pretty common. And so they don't have to worry their fe- that what, what they're going through, it, other people are going through, like that happens a lot, that reduces dropout rates if they understand that it's gonna be hard the first year. As a matter of fact, if you, tell employees at the start of a project that failure is inevitable and also temporary, but part of the process of succeeding, that the team is much more likely to succeed. Henry Ford has a quote that I love. He says, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. So what will set you free? According to Cynthia James, You need to change your story. So she has seven days in her book, seven suggestions of of what you can do. And I've consolidated this into a process. And this is your process on what you can do by changing your story. The first thing I would encourage you to do is to write down your life story. Think about what was your childhood experience? What have you come to believe about others and yourself? The second thing I would encourage you to do is to observe what you're telling people about your life story. The third thing is to choose to change that life story. So basically, just make a decision. Say, I'm going to change it. I'm choosing to change this story. The fourth thing is actually like a real story. So don't keep holding on to it. Don't keep telling it, even though it's, you know, comfortable. You actually got to let it go. The fifth thing is to start telling your new story. And the sixth thing is to practice your new story. Because the easiest way to become who you want to be is to do it through practice. So as you rewrite your story, you need to practice saying that new story. And then you need to practice being the person you want to be in that new story in order to bring it about and have it come to fruition. So that is what I have for you today. I look forward to our next week together and I am now complete.